eight years after being homeless, bought a house in San Diego, California. <laughs> you put good people around you and it's really easy to try to be better, do better and like grow as a human. And that's like really what it's all been. Hello, Gladys here. Welcome to Stranger Turn Friend, a podcast where two strangers hang out for the first time and make magic happen. <laughs> and that's all I have to say about it. All right. Enjoy. Hey, Adam. Hey, how are you? Hello. Good. How are you? Good. Tired. How's your Super Bowl prep going? <laughs> Good. I'm like, um, I don't know. I've got like six hours left. It's been cooking for four hours. Wait, what are you making? Pulled pork. <laughs> oh my God. Now I wish I was there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can smell it cooking them outside. I'm trying to wake up and stay awake. Yeah. I mean, the fact that you ate. Okay. So, for some context, you're from California. Yes. And you've been up San Diego. since 2 a.m. Do you have like Dude. insomnia or something? <laughs> no, I went to bed at 6.30. Oh. So I like kind of prep for it because <laughs> I was cooking. I'm cooking for like 12 people. Okay. Is it family? Uh, family, friends, yeah. Is it like a classic tradition <laughs> for you guys all no. together? Um, I guess so. To get together for the Super Bowl, yeah, it would be. Um, I'm finally taking over cooking from my father-in-law. So, um, yeah. <laughs> Big uh, shoes to a, fill. Well, I do it better. And, <laughs> and I'm just tired <laughs> of the same stuff that he makes. I feel like I do it better. Oh, wow. I love that. Yeah, I... Um, I'm in New York and one of my friends is coming over for the Super Bowl as well. I yeah. am I have no idea what is happening every time during the game. <laughs> I'm yeah. really more there for the food. But this time because it's at my place, all I got were potato chips and <laughs> and a bunch <laughs> of drinks. So if you have any advice on what to get last um, minute. <laughs> last oh last minute. That's hard. Because like everything that's good is gone. Um oh. Probably just Last walk minute. around. You could always do like short ribs, braised short ribs in a in the oven. That's easy. Mm, that's a good one. And also, I've, I I have an instant pot that I got. Uh, I go. know. I just pop it in for half an hour and it's done. Yeah, exactly. Instant pot. I don't have one actually. I've never cooked with one. Oh my, Adam, you have to get it. I used to hate <laughs> cooking, and now I I love it because it's literally just the press of a button. Is it really that easy? I mean, I'm kind of lazy, so I only look for recipes that are like one pot, you know, oh. all <laughs> dump it all in <laughs> and hope that things work out fine. I'm the exact opposite when it comes to cooking. It's like, how long is it going to take? Like, because the longer it takes, the better it tastes. Mm, that is. But I don't know how an instant pot works. So maybe, maybe, maybe instant pot, maybe an instant pot is like where it's at. Because my wife hates the cleanup. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, I mean, the whole pressure cooker thing, it's magic. And I have no idea how it works. But the other yeah. day, I made like a beef stroganoff, which is this like it, Italian like 
pasta with yeah. um, stew beef and stuff. And the beef was so tender. And it only went in for like 12 minutes or something like that. That's freaking crazy. It's insane. Here I am sitting up at <laughs> like, yeah, six hours. <laughs> like, there's my girl right there just smoking away. I had to build the fire, get it going. And here you are, like, in 12 minutes, I had beef stroganoff. I'm like, cool. It's so good. Also, I love your house. I like in your you. city, you barely even get a, a backyard. You don't even have a backyard. So yeah, I I feel really lucky uh, that we we have what we have because like I'm actually like smack in the middle of like San Diego. Like if you look on a map, like I'm like right in the middle of it, and this is what it looks like. Um, I have trees all around me, a little backyard that's super green, and I'm proud of, but. Yeah, New York City is somewhere I haven't been. Um, mm. I'm from the East Coast originally, but I've never been to New York City. Oh, and because are you like super drawn to nature and that's why you moved over? No, I moved over because I wanted to change my entire life. Like I was stuck in the same rut and going nowhere. Um, I was like, I was like a year removed from being homeless when I moved out here. Whoa. And then look yeah. at you now. Yeah. Holy shit. So much. Yeah, I was homeless for. Yeah, I was in 2010. I was homeless for about six months. Can we talk about that a little bit more? Because I, I love I learning about. Can we talk about anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the whole point of this. But I yeah, love. Yeah, we can talk about anything. Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I love when people have like really i mean it doesn't have to be significant right but just like a turning point in their life whether or yeah. not it's a mental thing or like a for you it's really everything your physical yeah. probably psychological also um mm -hmm. how i mean kind of backtracking let's do yeah. like before you were homeless and up till then and then now yeah so 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 some people may say this is a trauma dump but it's not i've been doing no. therapy for like eight years so like it's really mm -hmm. just a story at this point um you didn't have the best it. time growing up yeah yeah i didn't have the best time growing up uh lived lived with a very abusive mom um and a dad who fought all the time um my mom passed away when i was 12 and 99 um and kind of started this like whole downhill little spiral thing for me um which took a while to get to the bottom but you know we always find our way to the bottom. <laughs> I, I love um, that you were, you were like, oh, yeah, no, it took a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it took me until 2010, so like 11 years to hit like a bottom oh, wow. and like really fuck it all up and not take accountability for anything or and blame everybody else and everything when it was really just me that was causing it. Um, so, yeah, so uh, bounced around a bunch, lived in Maryland, North Carolina, Maryland, North Carolina. Um, and then... Yeah, I ended up um, through a series of poor decisions and <laughs> just being a piece of shit. Uh, ended up being homeless uh, for about six months, um, a little bit longer technically, I guess. No, May through eight months, eight months homeless. Um, wow. Um, kind of bounced around, couch surfed it, um, but definitely did not have like an address or anything like that that was permanent. Um, not a good time, but, um, during that time, um, I rekindled things with my now wife. Um, we, we had met in MySpace in 2004. 
Um, oh my then, god! And then <laughs> I need to hear to, the story about that. But okay, <laughs> um, kind of went through a phase hating each other, then started talking. This one, like while I was in this like homeless phase, um, and you know, kind of hit it off and got to a point where I came out and saw her in March of 11, 2011, and then moved here in July of two thousand eleven. I mean, I didn't have much going for me over there. I had pretty much nothing, and. I was like, well, I can take nothing and move to somewhere better. Yeah. <laughs> At least it doesn't have to be cold and miserable yet. This morning is pretty cold. It's 43 out right now. But, you know. <laughs> I mean, you are still in a t-shirt, so. No, I'm in. Oh, no, I you're in a sweater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get some thermal. Um, yeah, so I moved out here and then, like, just really reinvented my whole life by just being a better person, trying to do better, be better. Uh, really adopting the motto of just do a little bit better than I did yesterday and I'll probably make progress. Um, yeah, so went through all of that. And then, you know, um, eight years after being homeless, bought a house in San Diego, California. <laughs> you put good people around you and it's really easy to try to be better, do better and like grow as a human. And that's like really what it's all been. Like, I don't think I'm anywhere near the best I'm going to be right now, but you're doing pretty good better <laughs> than yeah. a year ago oh, exactly what a exactly. celebration and oh my gosh yeah, okay so like, many questions yeah could, all wait, of them wrap are, it up first yeah uh so yeah so I, I i now live in san diego with the house and a wife and a rabbit and two guinea pigs and life is perfect i can't complain about it like you know there's a lot left out of that story but like that's a really good story in and of itself um you could pretty much start start at the bottom and get anywhere. Uh, you know, I had good support, um, but mm -hmm. yeah, it was just a lot of hard work and, you know, really having to reflect on myself and take care of myself before I could take care of other people. When you're in a really, really bad situation, it's so easy to just find every excuse possible to mm -hmm. not get yourself together and I don't know, just yeah. continue spiraling, right? You could technically still be in that position or a lot worse. Um, yeah, absolutely. I think the spiral, and it's really easy to blame everybody else when you're in that position, but the second you can take that accountability and be like, no, this is actually my fault. I did this. I did that. Um, it really opens doors, and it really makes you not feel like that victim anymore. Um, and it's it's been a good thing for me, but I also think in some ways I do feel so I feel compassion, but I feel like sometimes I lack empathy when I hear somebody that wants to be too much of the victim because I'm like, it's so simple. You just really got to own your shit. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's a part of it. But yeah, like it's just owning it because like you said, you just keep spiraling and it's really easy to keep spiraling and not find out what the bottom is. And so yeah. you don't recognize who, what, where you are or anything like that. And if we can go a little bit deeper in in yeah. describing what bottom felt like. <laughs> uh, it must be really well, hard I, to <laughs> No, it's really easy. I'm just trying not to use color like explicit language. I don't know how you you're, can if you want. <laughs> I don't know how your podcast is rated, so try um I basically realized it was bottom when some people had taken me and let me sleep on their couch, but I was hooking up with one of our friends who was in a relationship and we were friends with the other guy and I was hooking up with her too. Okay. And I had zero compassion for the situation. Mm. 
you were just I just kept... a totally selfish like I just want to do this because if yeah you're... I was like I haven't had this I'm gonna get what I want I'm gonna mm-hmm. do this and it's kind of like when I realized when they kicked me out and I realized I had nowhere to go um okay yeah and and karma is a real bitch on that because her and I ended up getting together and then she left me like two months later and moved to Chicago with the guy that, that she, she was cheap. Yeah. It was, it was bad. It was a horribly it's vicious the, cycle. It's a cycle. Yeah, exactly. That keeps giving. Oh man. And like when I sat there, like the Thanksgiving 2010 and Christmas 2010, I had no family. I had no nothing. I was sitting in an apartment she had at least for a couple of months in charge of paying the rent for, which I guess part of the bottom was not paying that rent either and really fucking her over again. Mm. Um, but just realizing I had nobody and nothing and nobody wanted to see me, nobody wanted to do anything with me. I was like, well, it's either this or, you know, you go the easy way out, but I don't think the easy way out's the right answer. Um, yeah. So that's kind of like where it mm-hmm. went to and what it came to for like a rock bottom. Like for me, it was never like drugs or alcohol. It was like literally just being a horrible human being and not realizing that it was me that was the problem and blaming everybody else and being the victim the entire time. Like it was everybody else but me. Even though there's like 50 people that are pissed off and hate me, it was still their fault, not mine. But that was like knowing the, that was like knowing when I hit the bottom was like that was just sitting there like by myself like I I remember it like vividly I remember sitting on this couch and just like is this it is this what life is is this where I am and making a conscious decision during that holiday season just to be better and do better and I had met some really good friends that um I worked with and uh they kind of took me in for two months December towards the end of December they took me in and then um, middle end of February, I found a place to live and established a little bit of roots until I went and saw my now wife. And then, um, yeah, you know, it was the, the bottom lasted a lot longer than I thought it would. But sorry, birds. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, it really isn't in the grand scheme of life. It felt like it was never ending. But here I am 14 years removed from that. And it's weird to think it's 14 years, but like. I don't even recognize that person I was like when I see photos from back then I just look like this hollow shell of a human wow okay so I'm like uh uh-huh no keep going no that's really it (laughs) okay yeah no I wow okay so I kind of want to take it a little bit further back so you said things kind of went downhill after your mom passed away and you said that you know she was abusive before I'm I'm wondering what made you kind of, you know, after she passed away, what triggered that whole, like, I'm going to give up now. It it was a gradual process. It wasn't overnight. Um, She passed away at the end of the school year. Um, So instead of being like one of those typical kids, like if the parent passed away, like in the middle of the school year, like everybody rallied around them. Like, no, we Hmm. we, school ended a week after she passed away. I missed the second to last week of school Hmm. and only went back to school because I wanted to see my friends. Um, But after that, like, that's when I started getting picked on. Um, There'd be people in my class that would tell me my mom wasn't really dead. I was doing this for attention. Um, And like the bullying really picked up. It was a really interesting thing. And like, I was kind of an awkward kid because like I had a, we're a bad home life like um but getting to have that happen it like slowly started and like 
I don't know, it made it really tough to be friends with people and have meaningful relationships because like I just felt like everybody was judging me or making fun of me for that type of situation. Um, but it was it was so slow. It was such a gradual decline until it wasn't. And then it was just out of control and completely unmanageable. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I yeah, I just really started with that. Like my parent, my dad shipped me away and I lived with my grandma for that uh summer with my brother in maryland we were in north carolina and then um, all we wanted to do was be with him but as i realized like my dad wasn't like really a dad like he tried just to be more of a friend and that's not really how you raise kids um you can't be their best friend first and then be a parent you have to be because at that age like you guys probably need all the guidance and so yeah you need i didn't an have a adult curfew. Tell- yeah. Oh wow. Okay. I didn't have a curfew. I didn't have anything. My curfew was who I was with. So I learned really quick if I hung out with older kids, like I just never would go home mm-hmm. until yeah. like that. Like I wouldn't run around like drugs. Like I've never really done them. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially then I didn't. Like I was petrified of that. Um, you were scared of I, drugs. Oh yeah, yeah. I was like one of like the four kids in the entire country that was like petrified from the dare I w- program i was gonna <laughs> say how come like <laughs> i think it was just the day i was like one of the four kids that wasn't made more curious about um um drugs it was more i was petrified of it so add that on to the weirdness of it i guess but yeah um i just <laughs> ran around was, like then I, yeah i didn't have to be home and like he didn't parent like he never really did anything that i could think of that was like a parent um when I look back at it I don't talk to him anymore actually Mm. um so yeah it was just this like decline of like not having any guidance or having any structure in my life and then I made the best decisions you know that a 12 to what was it I guess 23 24 year old can make Mm -hmm. and um we're pretty dumb at that point as men I'm just gonna be honest like I look back at it I was like god I was an idiot (laughs) what was i thinking As it always is when you look back on anything because yeah. you definitely know a lot more now so yeah and i'm like wow they really just let me do that i'm surprised i survived what, wait what were some of the insane choices that you made oh i get in cars with random strangers that i just met um i oh would my God. uh run around all hours of the night um just being not it was mostly getting in cars with strangers like not having like that like wherewithal to be like this is a stupid idea mm. um i have like so... sort of a similar and i really hope nobody in my family <laughs> this, but um yeah so i think it was probably in college when i met i met this guy in my school library who turned out to be homeless from Greece and he had these two scooters and we ended up talking and I don't know why I thought it was a good idea but we ended up just scootering around the city till like two in the morning yeah and then many years well not many a few years later we actually became friends and stuff and then a few years later allegedly he abused his girlfriend and like took his kid took their kid from her still don't know if it's like true but basically Holy shit. The, the girlfriend posted like <laughs> yeah. a video on facebook wow. um 
with her face all beat up yeah. at the police station. So I was like, wow, that was really stupid of me. Yeah. To, like, to do, yeah. <laughs> so when we, you're looking at me, I was like, what the fuck was I thinking about? <laughs> yeah. Like in college, like on MySpace, in the MySpace time, like I would literally just invite people over at like 2 a.m. that I just met on there. Oh my like, God. I never had anything bad happen. So it was like just non consequence, but it's like, that could have ended poorly. Like, I don't yes. know who this person is I'm talking to. I don't know what's on the other end of this. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I look back at it. Yeah. It's crazy to think that, but like it all contributed like to this downward spiral. But like the thing I never picked up on was just like, I was the problem. Yeah. I, I was going to say, so was it a lot of like feedback from the people around you that finally clicked in your mind that like, oh shit everybody yeah like hates me yeah yeah everybody hated me everybody hates me like i don't nobody from that time period really talks to me i don't blame mm -hmm. them i wouldn't want to talk to me either um especially for how i was like it's tough but it's like at least i know who i am now and like i don't have to seek approval or validation from them and like that was like the biggest part about cutting my dad out of my entire life was i stopped seeking approval and validation from somebody who would never give it to me and really wasn't a father in the first place my father-in-law has been more of a dad than my dad was and i've only known him for 14 14 13 13 years 13 years this year mm -hmm. um, so you know in 13 years I, I feel like i got way more parenting than i got out of 24 with my dad so it's like yeah. you take take some you, you lose some but at the same time, like, I don't, I don't feel like it was like ever like truly a bad thing. I mean, if it wasn't for all of that, I don't think I'm in the position I'm in today. I don't think I'm as grateful or as determined to succeed and want to understand or do something as weird as hop on a Zoom with somebody <laughs> at 6 a.m. I was going to say, you know, usually I start off these conversations with like, Oh, are you like a spontaneous person who always says yes to these? When was the last time you spend a Sunday with a stranger? And the answer is almost always never. Um, yeah, no. So. But I mean, but the thing is, is like as humans, like we just want to connect anyway. I think that's like the mm. bigger thing. And like, I guess part of what helped me recognize that I was at a bottom was I had nobody. Like there was no yeah. connection. There was nothing. There was no deeper meaning, deeper purpose for um, talking to somebody. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm curious, like during the period that you were homeless and kind of couch sur surfing, um, was there a lot of self-reflection going on or was it okay, you were sort of like sleepwalking through that period, mm -hmm. just doing what felt right in the moment? Oh, well, yeah, and by right, we could put that in quotations because yes, nothing yeah. I did was right during that period <laughs> of time. Like literally nothing was. Hmm. right I was everything you don't do to your friends I did <laughs> okay but it was, it was sort of like a blackout period we're just going through yeah like I'm actually remembering more fucked up shit I did that I haven't really remembered in such a long time during that period just from having this uh conversation and I'm like I'm oh, sorry <laughs> I don't want to dredge up the bad stuff no um, it's fine like I've already worked through it all but it's like stuff that just gets filed away because like it's I guess I hate this. It's so inconsequential in life right now. Mm -hmm. Um, hold on one second. My computer is saying it's gonna oh, yeah. die. Let me grab. Go for it. Um. Anyway, so I I was gonna say that um, it it's like you said just now. Like it feels like you are so far. Like your identity now is just so. Yeah 
far and distance away from who you were before that now oh, you're yeah. able to look back on it m- more from the eye of like you know a third party almost oh yeah and that's how I, like i'm looking at it like right now like i just had a bunch of other like messed up things that i did mm-hmm. during that time flood to me i was like god i was an idiot <laughs> but isn't it, it i i somehow find that it's so uplifting that we we don't have to be the person that we were before like no did you were how were you able i guess you were able to learn that because you know now you're able to look back with sort of like a distant eye yeah but when did you start realizing that like oh through incremental changes and small little steps i can slowly become a better person and shed away all those uh you know parts of myself that is frankly just not good for me or anyone around me yeah i i mean the first time i think i realized it was when my friends would call me to hang out and i wasn't trying to like go through like a phone book of people to hang out um it was them saying hey we're doing this do you want to do this do you want to come do this um just hearing from people it's like oh i met you here you were such a fantastic person it's like wait I'm a fantastic person. You know, it's like the first time you hear it, you're like, wait, nobody's ever told me that. Like, why am I being told this? And I look at like the actions I'm taking and everything that I'm doing. And it's like, oh, <laughs> meaningful change is like starting to take place. Um, and I did all that for a while um, just because like my then girlfriend wanted just kept encouraging me to be better. She's like, well, you should always be this person. I don't know why you've done what you've done, but like, this is the person that you should be. And this is an awesome person. Wow. And this is who people want to know. So like, I just kind of started listening to her and like having somebody believe in you that you've never heard, um, made it really, I want to say almost easy. Like it wasn't easy. Like it was still relearning a lot of things and not being the victim, but yeah, it was just like really, really, it was like, it was learning to be a human and it was learning to not have to use people or feel like I need to use people, but just to be there, pre- be present with them and bring what you bring to the table and let them bring what they bring. And if it's complimentary, um, it's awesome. Like when I first moved here, I made one friend. Um, I'm still friends with him today. Like it's my longest, it's my second longest friendship. Wow. Yeah. And um, do you have any advice on like how to, how to create meaningful relationships around you? even like do you feel sorry well I kind of going one step back it's like do you feel like you have to be in a place where you love yourself for you to be able to create meaningful relationships around you or you don't really need that you can still go ahead and make changes I think to have a romantic relationship I do think you have to be in a place where you love and can appreciate yourself because you're not going to be able to give that love I think when you make friendships um i think it's a little bit different um Mm. i'm trying to think like yeah like with the friendship i don't i don't know i think there has to be some sort of love i think you can't be loathing you can't loathe yourself or feel that badly about you because if you do i mean you you can't bring anything to the table again it's more that like victim mentality Mm. but i guess when i made my friend here it was more like of a casual like we'll hang out and have a few beers and then it's like, okay, so simple. Hey, I'm doing this, yeah. And then it like it just kind of evolved. Like, I guess like I guess friendships are still like a relationship, especially good ones. Mm. Um, I don't think like hitting it off like, I don't know. 
It's a good question. <laughs> I always think about that because, like, I personally feel like I I agree. I think in a really for a healthy relationship, you need to be in a place with you with your own identity and your own self yeah. to, you know, fill that cup first before you can, um, yeah, show up for the other person. <laughs> But in a friendship, my expectations are a little bit more different. It's, yeah, I they're so they're high but they're low at the same time. Like we were all sitting, I was sitting with a bunch of friends yesterday. And I was like, mm-hmm. really reflective randomly on it. And I was like thinking about what all of us do for a living. Like we have like CEOs of nonprofits. We have people who distill spirits who own their own business. People who, you know, en- engineers, software engineer, like all these different. People and I'm like, I can't imagine us like actually at our job, <laughs> almost. <Same. laughs> yeah. Because I'm like, um, God, we're a bunch of idiots. It's like, well, you're just with your friends, and it's like a different expectation. <laughs> like, I think that that expectation is so different. Like, if I'm having a good time, I don't think it really matters. Like your socioeconomic background, as long as you're a good human being. Um, I, I think there's a possibility for for friendship. I think it's when you get into some of these like an actual relationship where you start to see some of that fracture and and mm. and, and and split. From what I've seen, just with my friends here, because this is truly like a melting pot of like all different ranges of like everything. And you know, I have some friends that once they got into their whole like relationship and had their own thing and like elevated to like a different level, like they're doing their own thing, but they still come around like it, but like, it's not as crisscrossed and intersected that life. Yeah. I feel like with friends, yeah. it's more of like the activity that we're doing now is the thing yeah. that makes the friendship. But then in a relationship, it's a lot more intertwined yeah. in all parts yeah. of their lives. Um, yeah. And that's like the biggest thing is like, I think if, Like my wife was still in college. She's two years younger than me. Um, was still in college when I moved out here, um, mm-hmm. and like I was still at least close enough to that. But we were both just starting out, so it was really easy to start and learn and grow together and really do that. But I think if if one of us had been established, I think it probably would have been a totally different situation because like you're moving at two different paces. Different life. Yeah, you stages. can be. Yeah, and you can do things, but it's like, yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't know everybody's different, but for me, like, yeah, if I wasn't in the same place as her, as far as just starting out and trying to understand this world, I don't think it would have worked, especially with how raw and fragile I was as a human. Wow! So you guys were literally growing beside yeah. each other, along with each other. Yeah. Yeah. So like, it made for some frustrating times, but it's like, well, we both aren't don't understand or know what's exactly going on. So, mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is. But um, no, like, like I said, we have a house. We have um a great a life, great life. <laughs> yeah i yeah. mean like i think it's fantastic i'm sitting here watching the sunrise right now it's about to oh hit me my in the face God. yeah so i think just growing together really helps and then i think as you get older like when it comes to friendships and things like that i have a friend right now who just got into the duke law program and is there right now and just absolutely crushing it and he's like 23 and i'm like oh, why am i friends with and i'm like oh wait no no i forgot he's, he's just doing his own thing through life but like when we hang out it's a great time like it's awesome So like I do think as you get older, the more confident you get in yourself, and the more established you are as a human, um, and you can be healthy with people. I think you can really just stretch what that limit is of like a friendship, like where I don't really consider his age to be 
you know, anything weird or anything. Um, yeah. And how I view a friendship is like, if take this person, right? If I strip mm -hmm. away all of their career status, I don't know, socioeconomic, whatever family yeah. stuff, like who, what, like what is left there? And yeah. if I still like that person, I feel like that's a good that's a good sign is that yeah, I'm I think not hanging like, around them for anything external. Yeah. Yeah. And like it's yeah, that's exactly how it is. Is like, is he a good person? Does he contribute to the world? Does he want to do better and maybe just isn't in that position yet? Or, you know, everybody's got a story. So um, where is it? But yeah, like he's one of my best friends. Like we talk on the phone. Um at least once a week just because we got to check in i mean i think that's the other thing that really helps solidify is you know just that check-in like I, I i struggle when it comes to like being friends with people like why are we talking i'm like we just talked last week i was like oh okay <laughs> yeah, but know, it doesn't me, mean <laughs> like i have friends like like all my friends i talk to every single day like there's not a day that goes by where we don't check in with each other or or be a part of each other's life in some capacity even if it's just to send a stupid meme <laughs> you know yeah. you never know what it is like and that's how it is sometimes sometimes it's the only communication i need is i'm just gonna send you something stupid i'm gonna move on with my day and then we'll, we'll connect in a day or t the next day and that's the conversation for that previous day was just one picture one laugh and then move on yeah um, and it's these like string of seemingly kind of mundane things but mm -hmm. you think about them and then you let them know and that's and you look so comfortable right now in the sun. I love it. <laughs> it's just poking right over. Yeah, I wish everyone could see how you look like three seconds ago. You're just so <laughs> at peace with yourself. <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, I got all the birds. I've got this. I've got. I can see the smoke coming up from the smoker. I can smell it. I can see. It. It's just the whole experience of sitting <laughs> here, and like just being able to be grateful for this position that I'm now in. And. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just a moment of gratitude just to even be able to talk about the story because I feel like the more people that know it, the less of a burden it is for me. I mean, I think that's the other, I guess, big takeaway to circle back is the more you tell your story and you don't keep it to yourself, like the less it feels like an actual burden. Like all my friends know everything. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm like, I have nothing. To, I have nothing to hold back. Like some people are like, "That's a lot that you just dumped on." I was like, "It's really not." I mean, <laughs> have you, you might be like the seven thousand person. <laughs> And I've told this to, and they're like, why would you just tell people these things? I'm like, because it doesn't really, it, it, it's the story. It's not, it's not me. It's not right now. Part of the story. It's like what happened. It's not what is happening. Yeah. And I feel like people who say that it's, it's because like in some capacity, they feel like now they have to have the responsibility of dealing with the, I don't know, secondhand. Um, yeah. <laughs> like the my number one pet peeve is when I tell people my mom is dead and they're like I'm sorry I'm like I'm not so you shouldn't why? be and they're like uh huh <laughs> um you know that's why I really love Jeanette McCurdy's book like I'm glad my mom died so because honest. like it's true like I told people for like years I'm like she's dead I'm glad moving on let's go yeah I don't need to talk I about this like and it's not like a bad way to feel like it's like you didn't know the relationship like it's the story is she did this she, we're here now and I'm happy about it because she's at peace I'm at peace I'm living and she yeah. did her thing it yeah it's a lot of us 
having an expe- expectation of like what a good person should feel about the situation that makes yeah. us all feel bad but in reality it's an event and yeah. the meaning that we put on it can be whatever we want it to be yeah um one of my good friends when i told him about my mom being dead he's like that blows moving on basically i was like cool awesome <laughs> this is the way i want it to be every time why can't everybody be like this wow um, and how would you say it to people who are like oh you're so on oh yeah like you said right you unempathetic um yeah i am to certain things but like my biggest mm-hmm. thing is like i am an empathetic friend like i want to i want to understand i want to feel that emotion like i'm not but sometimes like i can't like when you're just being as gordon ramsey says it, like if you're being an idiot sandwich man i can't be empathetic to you like that's too taxing on me like at the end of the day like i still have to preserve myself but if you're gonna be an idiot and there's only so much i can be there for you yeah <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. so i think that's where like some of that empathy falls off um mm. but no like all my friends would definitely describe me as like an empathetic sarcastic asshole i I'm love like, that I'm comfortable with that yeah and i'm super comfortable with that they're like you'll give the shirt off your back but at the same time like you're gonna make fun of them for it and i feel like we all need that kind of friend in our lives like we need someone yeah. to tell us like it is um yeah. but also know that they have our backs <laughs> when we 100 percent. like that's how a lot of my friends are they're like that was stupid <laughs> um and then it's like okay well let's go do this instead that was oh, stupid why would you do that yeah um and like i said i think it just all comes back to being accountable and not a victim it's like if you fuck up you fuck up you own it and then you move on and like as long as it did not cause other people harm i don't think it's something that is like catastrophic that you can't come back from mm-hmm you know, unless you're like chronically lying to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> in which case, yeah, you probably need more more help in that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Adam, um, I have to say it like so. The last time I had an actual conversation like this, the podcast has been on hold for a little bit. Um, it's been like four months, and coming back, I'm so glad that you're the first person <laughs> that I'm going back into. Yeah, because it feels so good to talk to you, like just good and you know you can feel when someone has good energy yeah um, and I definitely feel that from you um I am so curious like you are in a way very lighthearted. the way that you see heavy things um Mm -hmm. how you treat heavy things is that accurate um you take it with yeah not um, like a grain of salt but you know how to let go yeah and that really came in 20 20 and like i guess let's continue on with my story uh, i ended up uh finding out during the height of covid that i had cancer <laughs> and um Fuck. yeah i had a testicular okay. cancer and um you know uh when i was doing chemo and i was sitting there by myself because obviously nurses didn't stick around because covid sitting there with a mask um yes. and i'm sitting here with a bunch of old people i mean it's, it's true that's what they were there's a bunch of old people you're getting poisoned you know, for hours at a time, um, you really reflect on things and you realize that, you know, uh, life's like, life is fleeting and you shouldn't be too serious about it. Like, yeah, it sucks. Uh, it sucked that aspect of it, but you know, uh, it gave me a new outlook as far as like, just being, it is what it is. Um, um, the one thing I will say, like, if, if you want it to be heavy, like I do struggle when it comes to like survivor's guilt for cancer. Um, I had a friend pass away and, um, you know, I had to do 
I had, dealing with that really sucked. But, you know, the good thing is it's the last moment I had with him was him being wheeled away in hospice and just saying, I love you, you know, just, just that is like what I got to take away from it. But like, that was, that was definitely heavy. Definitely did not take that with a grain of salt, but no, yeah. I do take it that way now. Um, but yeah, it's because like the only thing that really matters, like when you're at your, at a point like that is like, it's what have you done with people? It's like the memories of that. It's not like, what is like this been like having my phone in front of me? Like, do I remember that? Mm-hmm. Or do I remember the time um, we were at, I was in Vegas with my friend Tristan, or I was, you know, at mm-hmm. the beach with my friends or with Brittany going to, um, you know, um, on trips or, or anything like that. And like, that's what really mattered at that point. It wasn't everything else. Like all that matters is like the memories you have and like, what have you been doing? And like, there's a lot of peace and comfort in that. And it just made it really easy to minimize how bad the situation was. Like I went through like, <laughs> I guess the stages of grief for the, for losing my, my testicular cancer. So I had to lose a testicle for that. But um, mm-hmm. everyone was like, don't you feel like your identity changed? I was like, no, no, the yeah. thing was going to kill me if it stayed in there. Right. It was uncomfortable. Like it, it wasn't part of me. Like I didn't lose anything. Like, I just went through this, but um, no, like that's really what changed it and made it more of like a grain of salt and way more laid back in that situation. Like I used to, I guess the only thing I'm still high strung about is punctuality. So it was a little <laughs> stressing, a little stress to get a hop on the call with you today. Cause I was like, no, I've got a shower. I've got to get ready first. If I'm going to do this and be on video, even if other people aren't going to see it, but it's you and I meeting for the first time. Yeah. So I don't oh, want to sit here with my hair that. up here. <laughs> And I had Everything is anyway. better with the hat on. <laughs> yeah, I just did do my hair. I just do a hat on and I'll yeah. wear the hat all day. But um, yeah, like I, I, I guess at one moment and like, again, like it's nothing to be sorry for. Like I sucked that I went through it. But at the same time, like I can tell you that my story is I just listened to what my doctor said and it sucked for about six months and then I'm fine now. And are you in remission now? Yeah, I just had to check up on Thursday, got all my blood work back. I'm still perfect fuck yeah that's amazing <laughs> oh my god so like that part to me is like great the only thing i have left to do is like uh, a ct scan just to make sure even if nothing came back on blood work i've got to do that for my annual one but i'm right. next year is like done i'm done with that and i can officially be cancer free but mm-hmm. my body's cancer free right now but it's considered still remission i guess um, yeah but I'm just, you know, I, I'm I'm grateful that I was in a position to handle it and not run from it because like I could tell you if that happened to me in like 2010 when I was homeless, I'd just run from that problem and I probably wouldn't be here today. Yeah. Wow. Um, okay. That really puts things into perspective. Like yeah. it's like there's all these things that you think are so important. And none of it is. The second you realize, fuck, we don't really have a lot of time. Like I think everyone has a deadline but to know when it is that really like distills it down to okay yeah figure out what's actually essential yeah yeah and what's essential is you know the times with people getting to know people putting down your phone for like two minutes and like having a real conversation or connecting with a stranger that's in new york while you're in san diego (laughs) and actually having i love you so much yeah i love you too um but yeah, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta tell people, you gotta tell people how you feel. You gotta, you gotta be honest with that. And like, I tell all my friends, I love them. Actually, every time I leave 
it's like the Bob Saget approach. Like when I heard about what Bob Saget did, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to tell people I love them. Who cares if it makes them uncomfortable? I'm not in love with them. I love them. Yeah. And I was now some gonna... of my friends say it to me without even thinking twice. They just say, love you, man. I was like, wow, I'd have to say it first. That's so good. Oh, okay. This is something that I've brought up in you know multiple episodes, but I, because coming from like a Asian background, <laughs> like I have never said I love you to my really? parents ever. And I'm 27 and it's insane when I, I mean, it's not insane, but it makes me like hearing you say that, that you're like, Oh yeah, I just say it whenever, wherever. And I say it to my friends, but for whatever reason, the barrier to me saying it to my parents and my brother is just, it makes me so like, I'm, I'm recoiling. Yeah, that is, and um, you know, it's funny because like my, my, um, my wife or family's not Asian, but they don't say I love you to each other either. It's weird mm. when I say that to them. Um. But I would just rip just the bandaid off. Yeah. Just fucking do it. Do it first <laughs> to your brother. It'll weird him out the most. I'm sure. That'll probably be the hardest one in my opinion. But, right. um, you know, like I tell people, just do it. Um, you know, it's going to be awkward. But like I said, like the more you tell, like I've told my story so many times to people, like it's just, it's just it's so just easy to. It's just a matter of doing it. Like, yeah. 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 It's funny. Um, you know, like, everybody like I tell everybody I love them and I just think it's I think it's fun I mean some people are weirded <laughs> out by it sure but like once you hear it enough from somebody like I, I do think it's something you actually believe like if, yeah like I don't know I just I just like saying it because I know you can show actions for it too um but you know hearing it is so different um because like the words are what matters like because you can never take back your words yeah, you can move on and heal from them, but like when you hear it and you know somebody actually means it, or it's "I love you," followed up by like one of like the best hugs you could give somebody. I mean, then you then that's the action that lets you know it. But um, I don't know. I think that I think saying those three words just need to be more normalized in this world. I mean, it makes such a difference in the way I feel. I mean, like you've seen, like yeah, I don't know. I just say everybody should say it, and if you don't say it enough, say it more. Oof. Okay. Yeah. I will do that this year at some point <laughs> whatever it's all on you i'm no, yeah. I'm, no, I'm no professional on this i just know for me it works and i love that it works for me because like i have i don't I, I, I there's a long period of time where i didn't get to say it to people yeah um and that's a terrible feeling um i remember the first time i told my wife it and she's like too early for that i was like i'm not in love with you i just love you <laughs> yeah and it's like the thing is, is like, it doesn't like, it's so weird that like, you're taught that this word is like so powerful and you have to be in love with this person to say it. It's like, now you can just say it to your friends too. And like, I'm not in love with any of my friends. Mm -hmm. I love them. Like, yeah. Family. And I think like, it's, it's like a feeling, right? Like just, yeah. I think for me, when I feel it, it's like, oh, I'm actually really engaged with this person and I'm present mm -hmm. for them and I want to show yeah. up. And so I love you. Like, you know, yeah. I love you too. It's easy. It's yeah. easy. And it's easy to say it back to somebody. It's not something that has to be it or be guarded or mm -hmm. makes you less of a person for saying it so much. But it's like, it's true though. Like my last memory of my buddy is him being wheeled away. And I'm just saying, I love you. And he's like, I love you too, buddy. And I can hear it in my head. And I'll hear it in my head for forever because that was it. 
Um, and I get to be grateful for it. And, you know, um, it's a shame he can't be here anymore, but at least the last time I saw him, like, that's what it was, was I love you. And, you know, that's really what encompasses a friendship. Like that's mm -hmm. what a friendship is. That's what it is. It's yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's like, now so that I'm thinking about it, I feel like maybe a good reason why I'm hesitating to, to do that is because a little bit about me is that I'm, am gay and i have mm -hmm. not come out to my parents oh. well i have come out to my brother yeah. uh and it's this one lingering part of my identity that makes me feel like i'm not totally myself with my parents uh. and so i'm like oh i could you know i and i don't want to give them a reason to like have to find a way to love their own daughter right because yeah. they do love me a lot and yeah. they're kind of old <laughs> and the last thing i want to know as a like a parent is be given a reason to not love your kid so i don't know do you think they would not love you if they knew i think they would but they would have to fight through a many years of cultural stereotypes Absolutely. and you yeah. know, things that they really ingrain in their yeah. soul as being wrong um yeah yeah like i had to deal with that when i got tattoos with my family i know it's not like the same thing as like sexuality but i, I my grandma took me out of her will when i got my first tattoo she's a she's a devout catholic god oh my the god Jewish, yeah <laughs> yeah the catholic she was like nope no more that's it mm -hmm. like i still love you but no no i'm like Wait, what <laughs> all right whatever that's cool so i get it like it's like there's so much that's ingrained culturally like into everybody whether it's sexuality tattoos language mm -hmm. i don't know I, I was having a conversation the other day with somebody who left the mormon church and that was just eye-opening because every time i think of the mormons i think of how nice they were my first girlfriend was mormon and her family wow. was my favorite family to be around and like she was this person yeah we were having a conversation i was uh having a beer after i was hanging out with my friends and yeah it was very interesting it was eye-opening i don't want to go too far into it but mm -hmm. it was eye-opening just to hear like just what goes on behind the scenes or just like culturally what people do or from a theological standpoint i'm like can't we just all love each other and like accept each other because what you're doing doesn't hurt me yeah yeah it's like and, and like, also just having the respect for something that is different from you yeah i find that's exactly. very hard for a lot of people yeah yeah and like i think i think you find i find more similarities in the differences than i do just trying to um you know find um and find similarities like there's more you can take away from somebody's story like i took away from somebody who was in hollywood like so much about like my feelings about my mom even though it doesn't directly translate or oh <laughs> you know there's like so much you can take away from just like not trying to be different but trying to find where it intertwines even though it's completely different from your story like the experience can still be the same at the end yeah yeah that's I think that's why I really love having these conversations like you and me would never have met under any circumstance if it was not for the internet and probably <laughs> yeah unless you drink a lot of beer and i'm in new york city which I exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or you know you decide to have like a huge pulled pork party yeah. like, that's, <laughs> that's so um, good and i think yeah. another piece of wood just caught on fire because all the smoke's coming up right oh now. my god do you have to go fix it no okay that's fine. 
I have all my temperature right here. Like it tells me everything. Like I don't have to do anything. Oh, nice. Oh, you're such a planner. I love it. Have to be. Um, have to be. Almost to a fault. <laughs> oh, this is Whatever. such a beautiful shot of like the smoke uh shadow coming out of the yeah. sun right? yeah so you can see that yeah like i have all the sun coming through my avocado oh, tree like this is like a typical southern california tree mm -hmm. right now sitting here with my uh navy blue trucker hat avocado tree sunrise oh my god I, perfect i love it i love are it so where are you from originally let's talk about you for a second yeah so i'm from singapore but i moved okay. to new york for school for university uh -huh. and then now I, i've been here pretty much like almost eight years nine years oh, wow it's Amazing. insane yeah and i learned so much about myself in the yeah it's funny i don't know if you're into those like personality tests but i think i've become more yeah. of an introvert like since coming here but in a good way because i've definitely done a lot of self-reflection and i always tell people that from the ages of like zero to 18 i feel like i've been sleepwalking back mm -hmm. home um and it's only when i'm here i've got i have a lot more time to for myself to think yeah. and explore my curiosities that i'm really finally leaning more into what brings me joy and being more aware mm -hmm. of it um yeah so yeah that's <laughs> I feel that so much like, um, yeah, I really resonate with that. Because uh, like, everybody's like, oh, you're so extroverted. I'm like, my happiest time is when I sit at home and nobody talks to me. Really? Yeah. I can't tell. Sometimes I don't need it. I yeah. Mean, I work from home. I do everything at home. So sometimes I just don't need it. Sometimes it's like the, well, there's always background noise. There has to be background noise. But sometimes like the mm -hmm. quiet of nobody else being in there. Because like, even when somebody else is around, like you feel that presence. Yeah. Wait, so like, what is your ideal kind of Wednesday or like an average day ooh, for you? Ooh, ooh, okay. <laughs> average day is up like 5, 5.30 naturally. Okay. Um, if I do sleep in, it's 6 o'clock. Um, <laughs> so late. <laughs> yeah, so late, so late. Um, and then like usually start the day with like coffee or some sort of caffeinated beverage, mostly coffee. Mm. Um, and then uh, get to work. For a few hours, get the wife up, make sure she gets off to work, like like a child, just to make sure she's on schedule. So basically have to stop working for that 45 minutes to get her out the door. Because if I start working, she starts to wander. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, get her breakfast, maybe get her out the door, and then get back to work. And then, um, you know, once, once lunchtime hits, it's really dependent on the day of, like, what's going on work-wise. Like, do I need to be present for everybody, or can I be more reactive on that day? Mm. um one of my best friends will come over during the work week he's um he's got he's got flexibility in what he does but we'll just hang out shoot the shit talk about his family wow. talk about sports and then get back to work and then um and then cook dinner cook every night um that's the one thing i like, i found a lot of passion in was cooking mm -hmm. i love um, that in your ideal day work is still a big part of your day yeah i I look so I'm not in love with what I do, but I'm just really good at it and I love talking about it. But um mm. I'm not here to plug that. But no. Um, <laughs> well now I'm curious. <laughs> I just do did I do brand strategy, digital marketing, um, asset creation, that type of thing. 
Whoa, that's really cool. I'm I'm in yes. digital analytics consulting. Nice. So yeah. also brand strategy stuff. So it's always yeah. fun. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm. It comes really easy to me. I am passionate about it to a certain extent, but it's not like a hobby to me. Like I'm not sitting here like, oh, what can I, what can I learn and break down next? It's yeah. you know, it's when I work, I do it. So I'm passionate then. And then like I, I try to do. Uh, the thing I loved the most as a job, which was photography. And now I hate photography and don't want to pick up a camera or look at it or even look at my own old work and stuff like that. I'm like, that's, it, it didn't work out for me that way, but everybody kept encouraging me. So mm -hmm. um, yeah, but so now I have something that I'm passionate about, but I'm not. Keep it as a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. I'm keeping this as like a profession. Like it doesn't really spill over. That's why like, I don't like to talk about it. Like when I'm out and about and people are like, Oh, you you do it for a living. I want to ask you, no, I don't want to talk about it. Like, it's not my hobby. Like it's not, it's not for right now. Like it was a good week. It was a good work week. Well, <laughs> well, well, I, I'm sorry. If you want, you can book a session Yeah. and we can talk about it then. Cause it's like, it's, it's that work-life balance that us Americans don't have that. Like, I think really impacted my happiness the most is like finally saying, this is this, that's that. Um, mm -hmm. I work, 10 hours a day, Monday through Thursday. And then I work a short day on Friday and don't contact me after hours on a Friday. You won't get a response <laughs> unless it's like mission critical, but right. I make it's sure never mission, mission critical. critical. <laughs> yeah. No. Cause mission critical stuff happens on Tuesdays. <laughs> so I have a couple days to find out if I fucked up. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Things usually resolve themselves if you let it breathe for a bit. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, 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 I preach that and I even preach it to my yeah. clients because like, I worked a job where I was working like 120 hours every two weeks, just like oh grinding because we're a family and we're doing this. I'm like, <laughs> now when I hear we're a family, I just roll my <laughs> eyes. Like, I never want to hear that. We're not a family. You're my job. Yeah. Wait, so what lights you up then? My friends. Okay. Cooking. My wife, my rabbit. My rabbit a lot. Oh. Um, <laughs> travel new people new places new things um experiencing life like work doesn't i mean if i didn't have to work i probably still would but i don't feel like it has to be keep my it identity. to uh, compress the hours a, a lot. yeah i'd even i can press it down even further than just the 46 that i do and it's like a, it's a hard 46 that i'm available for my clients like they know not to call me after hours i don't pick mm -hmm. up yeah um, and it's just me so they have my cell phone number and i'm just like no <laughs> this is just for show never never press it into your phone <laughs> yeah exactly you get to schedule a zoom meeting but if you need right. me this is a great way to reach me um <laughs> but yeah it's just been it's been just drawing that line and being really steadfast that i'm not gonna break like that or anything um mm -hmm. because my happiness is more important than any dollar amount that I could ever make. And yeah, money helps with that. But at the end of the day, like I said, when I was getting chemo, I didn't think about how much money I had. I thought about what I did with my friends mm. and that could have just been hanging out in the desert, screaming into the void, which we did one year. And that was a lot of fun. And that cost nothing. <laughs> I but love like, that. it's like the stuff like that over, like literally over anything else that I could be doing, like is like, what is, you know, going to make me the happiest and definitely not work. Mm -hmm. it, are, is there something or, you know, activities that 
you wish you did more? Oh, of course. Um, I live five miles from the beach and I might go okay. three times a year. Oh, you love um, the beach. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I love it. I, I refuse to live inland anywhere. It's awful. <laughs> but I, 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 I think I just have to know that it's there. Mm. Like Otherwise, being close I just, to like, water. Yeah, being inland somewhere that's not close to water, like the thought of like Dallas, Texas, or even when I go to Nevada, I'm like, this is too, there's too much land. Like there's not enough, like, it's like, it feels, I know it's vast, but it feels like so small and so constricted. Whereas like living by the water, like you just have this like expansive nothing. I um, agree. And also just purely because there, I, I'm kind of fascinated with like marine life and, you know, yeah. and so just knowing that there's a whole other world that yeah. I'm not part of, is so exciting. <laughs> yeah. And it's so vast and it, it keeps it in perspective that again, you know, nothing's this serious. Like I just tell people like when they start to get too stressed out, like, I, I love this is like, don't take life too seriously. You're never going to get out alive. So <laughs> Yeah. Let it go, figure it out. Don't I mean, I wish I Yeah, I wish I would practice that more, but you know, it's easy to tell somebody than to do it. Yeah. Um but yeah, just don't overthink it. But yeah, like I have to be by the water, but I guess that would probably be it. Um, maybe hike in the canyon that's behind my house more. Um, I've done that twice and I've lived here for only twice. Six, seven years. Six, wow. seven years. Okay. Well, it sucks. Like I'm right at the top, and like if I go to the right. Um, like if this is the top, like it drops like this. So you can't even see the bottom of it. So it's like, well, that's a pain in the ass. I don't feel oh. like really going up and down that. Yeah. Then I go to the other side and it's not as steep. You can see the bottom of it, but it's still pretty steep. Like you just mm -hmm. walk into this like plateau area. Um, and then the rattlesnakes, you know. Yeah. Just I don't wear shoes. Just a footnote so... to that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The rattlesnakes. Oh, so good. No, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, that uh, that whole thing, yeah. Oh, perfect. My fire is back under control, and I'm not cooking too fast. Nice. Um, yeah, Adam, I think this is a great place to wrap up. Perfect. Just talking about how we find meaning in our lives, which yeah. I completely did not expect going into this. Yeah. I mean, just for some context, you were just like, "Oh yeah, I love to talk," and I knew zero about. You know, well, I figured that's now. how it was. If you wanted to get to know me, like I took yeah, a little yeah, deep yeah. dive onto your stuff before I messaged you. I was like, I'm not telling no, her anything. Well, where's the fun <laughs> in that? Um, I was like, I'll talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm just so happy that I think it's very rare for people to be this open. And so yeah. I owe it to luck for us to be able to yes. hang out here for an hour. I, yeah. <laughs> I just was like, yeah, I'll do that. It's fine. Yeah. I'm, I'm bored. It's quiet. There's nothing going on. My rabbit looks at me like, why are you up? It's two <laughs> o'clock in the morning. She sit, she has a chair that she sits on. She just was like, oh my bank God. face at me the whole morning. And then I was like, okay, fine. I was like, so oh, cute. cool. You'll do this. I'll do this. And then please um, send me pictures of your rabbit. I would love to. Oh see. yeah, yeah. I'll I'll message you all my contact information. We can be friends. Yeah, I'd like to be friends. That way, I have somebody I, I know in New York City if I ever go. Done. Please, Done. when you're here, we'll hang yeah. out. Or when I'm in San Diego, which is I mean, on my San bucket list. Great. Yeah, it's it's gonna be 63 today. Bright sun. No more rain for a while. 
Oh man. So, anyways, Meanwhile, yeah, it's um, cold as shit here. So I mean, for me right now, it's pretty cold. It's 43, mm. but it'll be in the 60s in no time. As soon as the sun comes up here, like the temperature goes right up. I can already feel it. It feels great. Well, have a lovely Super Bowl Sunday. You I too. And I'll send you're you rooting for picks. anyone, they win. No, okay. Just, well, just, just have fun just, with your family, friends. Yeah, just and as long as I win money, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. That's the most important thing. Um, exactly. But yes, I would love to have you come on here again or have, you know, yeah. we can talk offline. That we can would do be both. really nice. Yeah. I feel both. like there's so about... many topics we haven't explored yet. Yeah, there's so much that's left that doesn't get to the whole point. But yeah, yeah. Um, thank you so much for having me this morning. I, uh, I I couldn't think of a better thing to do on a Sunday morning. Ah, I love hearing that. Thank you. <laughs> we'll talk awesome. soon bye yeah i'll talk to you later bye adam wait before you go just wanted to say thank you so much for listening and if you enjoyed the episode it'd be super awesome if you could just take you know 10 seconds just to give it a nice rating and review it really really does help get the word out on the show also come say hi to me on instagram at stranger turn friend all right have a good day bye bye